Hey everyone, Pastor Blake Harkup here from Bedrock, Sarasota. I just wanted to take a minute to welcome you to our podcast. We hope that you get to know God more, that you feel encouraged, and that you see how God's moving in your life from a brand new perspective. Enjoy today's message. Bedrock, how's everybody doing? Oh, yes, this is great. Great start. Awesome, church. Everyone was on spring break this week. We can definitely tell. Um, <clears throat> all right, so today's going to be tough. I'm going to work up here, but you got to get with me a little bit, okay? So how's everybody doing this morning? There we go. We're alive. We're living. Hey, uh, just wanted to let you know about some special things that are coming up with our church. Um, as many of you know, uh, things in the world aren't great right now, and things in Ukraine are very tough. And so, actually, this morning, I have some friends in Poland right now who are doing missions work there, meeting refugees from Ukraine. I got a great report this morning from him. He said they, uh, they're, what they're doing is they're over there now, and they're helping with uh, refugees' kids. And so the parents are so thankful just in a season where life isn't normal. There's a group of people there, and they are helping their kids acclimate and play. They're doing trauma counseling. But... Um, what I wanted to talk a little bit about is how we as a church, we have a plan now going forward about ways that we're going to intervene and, and help in this situation. So we really have two ways that we can get involved, and we just didn't want to announce it before we knew every detail. The first way um, is to give. So we've decided to partner with a group called Samaritan's Purse. If you don't know Samaritan's Purse, they're a huge international organization. They're the largest non-governmental relief organization in the United States. They have planes and all kinds of things, and they send relief aid all over the world. Well, uh, I even got news this morning that um, Russia had accidentally, I don't know if it was accidentally, it wasn't, uh, bombed a school uh, where people were uh, hiding um, this morning. And so what Samaritan's Purse has done in Ukraine is they have set up a mobile hospital. So it's completely mobile. They can get everything in to where they need it to be and help people that need help right now. And so when you give, you're going to go to support that. So this week, you'll see on our website in all of our giving forms, uh, you'll see an area where you can give to Ukraine. And it's 100% of those funds go to Ukraine and go to Samaritan's Purse. That's who we're partnering with. If you want to give directly to Samaritan's Purse, you can do that as well at SamaritansPurse.org. They're a great organization. I've been with them a couple times in different places around the world. Um, you know, those Operation Christmas Child boxes that we do during Christmas, that's the organization who does that. I've been there to hand out those boxes. They do incredible work, and they are meeting a need in Ukraine right now. The other way that you could possibly get involved, and there's details forthcoming, is we're likely going to send a team to Poland. Um, it's going to be quick. It's, we're not going to have a lot of time for you to raise funds or anything like that, but this is a quick response team where we can go over and we can help with um, putting games on for kids or helping with giving out clothing or helping people find shelter, whatever they need. We're going to go and help these missions organizations and these relief organizations there. So we're not the ones with the plan. We're going to go help the people with the plan. All right, so if you would like to be part of that, we're getting details um, from a group called Greater European Mission. I'm having the phone conversation Monday afternoon, and we will have details on how you can come with us. So we'll give you price, all of those kinds of things. So it, this is like a quick response moment, though. We're, we're going to move quickly. So those are two ways that we as a church can get involved in what's happening around the world right now. Uh, and so I just wanted to take a minute before we jump into the message to really just take a minute to pray. Uh, for the Ukrainian people and what is happening around the world. So would you join me in praying for them? Father, we come to you now with heavy hearts. Lord, there's so much going on in this world. And Lord, today we are reminded of the goodness that we have in this life, that we are here in this room and there are not bombs raining down. We are not displaced from our homes. We are not in this moment in a place of fear and worry, but we are secure. But there are people on the other side of the world right now, Lord, that you know are facing some of the toughest circumstances that life could ever put at them. 
And so God, I just pray this morning for those people. Lord, I pray that your presence draws near to them, that they sense you more than ever in their lives. And God, I ask this morning that you will intervene. Whatever you see fit and however you see fit, and Lord, that you will make an impact. I know you will. And so God, may we be a church who is quick and ready to serve and to love people and to give of all that we have so that we can help people who are hurting right now. And so God, I ask this morning that you be with us, that you guide and direct this morning in this conversation that we're about to have, God. But most of all, I pray that our hearts go out to the people of Ukraine in this moment. God, end this swiftly. God, may, this, may, may we not even need to go because it's done. And so God, I pray in your holy and precious name, amen. All right, so if you're with us this morning, we are in a series on the book of Romans. And so if you don't have one of these, this is the book of Romans. It's a gift for you. It's a copy of that book. And on one side is the scriptures, and on the other side is a place for you to take notes. So these are free for you. They're out in the lobby. If you want one, uh, they're here as a gift for you as we continue on in this series. But uh, this morning, you may have received a brick. I promise you, we're not going to build anything today, okay? Everyone's like, oh, I didn't know I was going to get put to work when I got to church this morning. But these really do have a purpose uh, for this morning. But yesterday, we were preparing all of these, um, and my kids are awesome. They love to help out. And so as we were, like, getting these bricks that came from my house, um, my kids wanted to jump in and, and assist, they wanted to help us, like, pack the bricks. We washed all of them. We uh, put them in wheelbarrows, you know, and put them in my truck. And, you know, one of my kids, um, she is so, so, so helpful. But she went ahead, and we had the wheelbarrow about halfway full with bricks. And she wanted to help Dad, and she wanted to help out. So she walked over to the, the wheelbarrow and tried to pick it up. Well, what happened was, that, you know, you can imagine it didn't go very well because it's really not a weight that she's meant to carry. And so when she started to lift it, the whole wheelbarrow tipped and all the bricks fell out. And, you know, in my flesh, you know, all the parents here, this is just a, you all know what this is like. You look at your kid and I looked at her and I said, why would you even attempt to, to lift this up? And she was like, I'm sorry, I was just trying to help. And I was like, forgive me, Lord. Like, hey, thank you so much for trying to help and, and to do this. But what she was attempting to do was she was attempting to lift something that honestly is going to crush her. That honestly, like, she is not built to carry the weight of. She's not designed in where she is in life to deal with this. That the, the kind of the, the weight of all of those bricks and what was happening, just she wasn't prepared for it. And, and in fact, that's what I entitled today's message, you're not meant to carry this. Just like my daughter was not meant to lift up this wheelbarrow and all of these things, there are some things in this life that you and I are not designed to carry. But here's the reality. So many of us want to earn our salvation or we want to please God or we want to show the world that we're okay and we're good or all of these things. And so we try to take on weights and things in life that you weren't designed to carry. And just like with my daughter, when she tried to pick up that weight, it spilled over and the situation got worse because she was attempting to carry things that she's not designed for. And as we get into Romans chapter 8 today, this is what Paul's going to tell us. Paul's going to begin to talk to us and say, hey, look, there's some things in this life that you and I aren't meant to carry. Now, I'm really excited to preach this passage tonight. We had an incredible night last night, in fact. And what we talked about was th this idea that Romans chapter 8 is probably, if not the most, one of the most encouraging chapters in the Bible. We talked about the book of Romans is this book that is the cornerstone of the New Testament, right? Like it, it really helps us understand who God is and who we are in Christ. And then in this chapter, Paul is going to say, hey, when you've believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's some incredible things that enter your life that begin to free you and move you forward in this life. But the reality is, is for so many of us, we're carrying things that we're not meant to carry. And it has dire consequences on us. And so I want us to just remember our phrase for this series. It is this. What Jesus did changes who we are and all that we do. 
What Jesus did changes who we are in all that we do. Because we're not just about behavior modification. Christianity is about heart transformation. And it's out of the heart that you and I act. So when Jesus changes who we are here, we are changed in what we do. And so this chapter here begins to talk about this idea that he's going to say this in verse 1. Let's read this. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore. Everyone say therefore. If you remember, we, we pick up on this word a lot in the book of Romans because what Paul's doing is he's building on his thought process, right? He's, he's growing his thought process. And if you remember from last week, we talked about this idea that Paul says, when you've believed in Jesus Christ, you have a choice in this life now. There's two kings in this world. One's a false king and one is the true king. And the question for you and I is, what king are you going to bow down to? What king are you going to obey? And what Paul tells us is one of those kings is Jesus Christ, God, who loves you and wants to bring life to you and wants to serve you and love you and you to serve him. And what Paul said is when you you love and serve and obey King Jesus, life comes alive in you. Life, it all leads to a better life. But Paul says there's this other false king called sin and death, and it wants you to bow to it all the time. And what that king leads to is your annihilation. We talked about it like this. Some of us are bowing down to a king and we're offering our head to it so that it can cut off our head. This is what the Bible says sin is. Sin leads to death. And he says, so what king are you going to serve? But now in chapter 8, what Paul's going to say is, look, we got to summarize the first seven chapters of the Bible, I want, of the book of Romans. I want you to understand what's now happened to you that you've believed in Jesus Christ. Here's what the Bible says. He says, Now therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. That old king, Jesus, the new king, saved you, rescued you when you believe in him from this old king so that you and I can serve King Jesus. We can obey and love King Jesus and it will bring life into us. And so he begins to say that all of this happens because of verse three, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Here's what I need us to all understand. Paul, what Paul is saying here is you and I need to let go of some burdens. There's some burdens in our life that we carry with us. So many of us believe up here that we've been saved, but we don't feel it in here. Now, how do you know? Do you still feel guilty for some of the things that you did? Do you still feel shame and fear and anger and anxiety and worry about some of the things that you did or the things that happened to you in this life? That's exactly what this word condemnation means. It's only used here in the book of Romans in chapter 5 and in chapter 8. This word more so has to do with this idea of the weight or penalty of our sin. And so what Paul says is, hey, look, here's what happened. When you believed in Jesus Christ, you were declared righteous. That's this word, justified. You were declared holy and good, but some of you are still living in condemnation. You're still living like you owe for your sin. You're living like you owe the weight, and you need to carry the weight of your sin. And he said, you weren't designed to carry this weight. You weren't designed to deal with it. And that's why Jesus had to come and die for you and I. And so what Paul says is this idea of that so many of us are struggling in our lives because after we believe in Jesus, after we are declared righteous, how many of us need to remind our heart that's where we are? Like you just, you feel terrible about the old life, the old you. You feel awful and the the rewind button is constantly running in your head. And Paul says, for those who are in Jesus Christ, not only are you declared righteous, there's no more weight of sin. 
Now, that doesn't mean that you and I go and do whatever we want because now the weight of sin has been gone and we never feel guilty. No, we actually now obey God's law through life because we know that it brings joy and it brings goodness and it brings life into us. And so we don't want to do these things. This is why the Bible says it's his love that leads us to repentance. It's his love that leads us to follow him, not his anger and not his wrath. And so what happens in this passage is Paul says, look, I need you to understand something. There is now no more weight of sin in your life. So why are you trying to shoulder the weight of your sin still? Because you feel bad about it? Because you feel like you owe God or you should be punished? You should have been punished for your sin. And Jesus was punished on your behalf. That's exactly what the Bible means. The full wrath of God towards sin was placed in the penalty in the weight and the condemnation of sin was placed upon Jesus Christ. Jesus bore a weight that we never could because he can. It's exactly what happens. And look at what the Bible says. See, this no condemnation, the weight or penalty that is due sin was put on Jesus because some things happened. When we believed in him, we're justified. We're declared, you're free, you're innocent. Your guilt is no longer with you, so stop carrying it with you. You gotta stop carrying it with you, it's gone. And Paul says this leads to freedom in your life when you don't feel like you owe your sin anymore. When you can walk into this and you say, this is just too good to be true. I know it feels that way. But Paul says, you've been justified. Why? Verse 3, for God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. What does that mean? Jesus was your substitute. God sent Jesus into the world to stand in your place. So Paul says, you are declared righteous because substitute Jesus, when you believed in him, stood in your place and said, all the wrath do sin for them, put on me. Give it to me. Every bit of it. Not just what happened in the past, but what will happen in the future. Give it to me. I can carry the weight of this. I can deal with the weight of this. And because you have this substitution of Jesus who stands before you, Now you can have sanctification. It's this fancy word where you and I are growing in holiness. We're growing towards God. Not because we owe God, but because we love God. How many of us, like, you've been the recipient of an extravagant gift in your life, and because you've received that gift in your life, you just, you want to serve the person who just gave you just like, man, you love me so well that I just want to like serve you and love you and, and be with you because, man, I just like, I, I'm so thankful for what has happened to me. That's sanctification. God, because you rescued me and the penalty and the weight of all of these things that I've been carrying for so long in my life is gone. I'm so thankful and free. I just want to be around you. I just want to serve you. I just want to be with you because, man, I'm experiencing life for the very first time. So how does this all work? Okay, everyone stand up. Grab your brick. I told you we had a purpose for this. If you have your brick, hold it in your hand. Okay, this is what the idea of no condemnation means. Remember we talked about the weight or penalty of sin, correct? So everyone who has a brick, put it in your hand. And hold it out in front of you like this. Keep it up. We're going to talk for a minute. Do you feel the weight? Do you feel how much, is your shoulder hurting yet? Some of you are getting your delt workout right now. You're like, oh yeah, I feel the burn. Here's the deal. This is a weight that you are not designed to carry like this. This is a penalty in the weight of something that in this world you're not meant to hold like this. You're not meant to deal with like this. You're not meant to do this. Is anyone's arm getting tired yet? Anyone feeling the burn yet? Anyone feeling uncomfortable? Anyone feeling the weight of something that they should not be holding this way? Anyone need a break? How do you get a break? 
There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Some of us are holding the weight of our sin and it's a weight that you were never meant to carry in this life. Now let me tell you something. How's your old chicken wing feeling now? You getting life back into it? Everyone raise your arm up again. Does your arm feel lighter? Does it feel like there's life going on? You said, oh man, that weight that I was holding, now that I'm free, man, I'm free. I can move. Man, life feels good. This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. And so Paul goes this, why are you trying to hold your sin still? Why are you trying to hold away? This is gone. This is gone. Jesus came into your life. Daniel, come up here. You guys never sit in the front row. You could be in the splash zone or the, the, the voluntold section is what I call it. Here's what happens. Jesus comes into our life. Jesus is going to play, Daniel's going to play Jesus right now. No confusion. Daniel is not Jesus, okay? But we need this in this moment. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you say, hey, I believe in you and what you did for me. And Jesus says, good. Do you have some things for me? Do you have some things for me to take? Do you have some weights that I, only I can carry? And we say, yeah. And he says, good. Give it to me. And what Jesus says is, that weight, I can carry that all day. And he did carry it somewhere. He carried it to the cross. And that's where he killed it. And so what Romans, thank you, Daniel. What Romans chapter 8, verse 1 is saying it's time to let go of some things in your life. You're not and we're never built to carry the weight of sin. Only Jesus is. Sit down. And that's why for so many of us dealing with our past and dealing with the things that have happened to us feel so heavy because it's a weight just like my daughter who tried to pick up that wheelbarrow. It's a weight that you and I were never designed to hold. And so Paul says, look, you and I are in this moment where we're holding on to things that we were never built to do. But where do we hold the weight of sin in our lives? Do we like physically hold a weight out all day? No. Where do you hold the weight of sin? Right here. Your sin in the weight of it, in the guilt of it, in the shame of it resides right up here. And so what Paul says is this, you and I need to understand something about this life. You are carrying weights that actually don't belong to you anymore. King Jesus took them. It's called the great exchange. When we believe in Jesus Christ, he gives us his holiness and his righteousness. He takes our sin, our shame, our guilt, our fear, takes it upon himself and he paid for it because only he could do it. Some of us in here are getting really exhausted in this life because you keep trying to pay for and hold up things you're not meant to hold up. And let me just tell you, it will crush you. Why? Because the penalty and weight of sin is what? Death. Physical, relational, emotional, intellectual death. And so here's what Paul's saying. What king are you serving and what weights is he putting on you? Sin and death is just going to keep putting on weight keep putting on penalty, keep putting on hardness, and it's going to start to crush you. King Jesus goes, oh, that looks heavy. Let me take it. In fact, in the Gospels, Jesus says this, take my yoke, which was a, a, a part that you would put on the neck of an oxen to pull like a, a, you know, like a wagon. And what Jesus says is, take my yoke upon you. For what? My burden is light. What's he saying? You got to take off the yoke of sin, this heavy weighted penalty, and you get to exchange it for the weight of Christ, which brings life. So let me just ask you, do you need to let go of some burdens in this life right now? Do you need to let go of some weights in this life that you were just never meant to carry? And that's why it's so hard. And let me just tell you, humility is so important in this because there's going to have to be a point where you just admit that I'm not designed to do this anymore and I can't earn my way to this anymore. There may be thoughts of all of these things. And you know, I know this is a sensitive subject for so many of us, but suicide is you carrying weights that you were never meant to carry. That's what happens to so many people. And if you're struggling with that in this room, there is no shame in that. 
You just need to seek help. You need to talk to somebody. You need to deal with this moment. All you're doing is carrying burdens that are gone. If you believed in Jesus Christ, they're, they're, it's a weight that's gone. You don't need to carry that weight anymore. The weight of comparison, the weight of belonging, the weight of being okay, the weight of being enough, the weight of being perfect, the weight of being beautiful, the weight of whatever it is, is not a weight that you and I were meant to carry. And so today, give it to Christ. Give it to the Lord. Because here's what Paul says. The place that this weight lives is right up here. And so here's what he's going to say. What you think determines where you live. What you think determines where you live. And some of you are vacationing in a very dark place right now. Some of you are living in a very dark place in your life. Romans 8, 5 to 8, it says this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to the law, God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Let me ask you a question, church. Where are your thoughts causing you to live right now? Some of us in here could barely walk into this room today because you're crippled by the thoughts and the fear and the anger and the comparison of the past and the present. And you're like, it's like if, you, if we could see your soul, it's like you were, you were crawling in here. Barely making it in because the weight that you're now carrying in this life is not the one that you were meant to live. So you're living a place you were never meant to live because your thoughts reside there. Where are you living? What did, it, what did Paul say? Those who think on the spirit, on the things of God, life and peace. Those who think on the flesh and the desires of the flesh and the results of the flesh, where do they live? Death. And then you're like, I don't know if I get this. Really? How many of us are depressed? How many of us are anxious? How many of us can't sleep, can't eat, are hurting ourselves, are doing things that are self-destructive because we're living in a place of death? Paul says, where you think is where you live. But notice what Paul said here. Those who are in Jesus Christ, you have a choice. You have a choice right now to determine where you're going to live. He says, those who set their mind, not those things that control your mind, the things that you're choosing to feed. And we talked about this last week. What you feed grows. So when you're having some of these thoughts, when you're dealing with some of these things, what do you need to do? Stop feeding it. Stop obsessing over it. Stop doing that and turn your mind to the truth. We're going to learn how to do this in just a second. <clears throat> so here's what Paul says. So when you really understand that where you think is where you live, and let me just tell you, I know that some of you are living in a really hard, dark place right now. Paul says, look, if you've believed in Jesus Christ, there's no more penalty and weight, so you can let that go, so you can live in a free place. You can live in a place where your mind is free. You can live in a place where there's joy and peace and hope and goodness. So where you think determines where you live, <clears throat> and when we think properly, our circumstance change. And when our circumstances change, we're in a new reality. Romans 8, verses 9 to 11, Paul goes to the believer. He says, I want you to understand what's happened. For those who are in Jesus Christ, you are no longer condemned. You no longer have to deal with the weight of this. And you no longer have to bow down to the weight of the world. You don't have to be what the world says you should be. You can be exactly who Jesus made you to be. And so there's freedom. <clears throat> and what Paul says is, you, however, he starts to talk to us as Christians. He goes like this, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. 
Here's what Paul says. New reality comes from new circumstances. Paul says, you and I don't have to live in this dark place anymore because of what's going on. And you say, Pastor Blake, you don't understand. <clears throat> You've not, you don't even seen the replay on my life. I don't have to. I know Paul's. I know mine. I know all the times that I messed up. I know all of the things that have gone wrong in my life. I know how bad it was. I know what I did. I know the guilt that I deal with. I know the shame that I have. Remember, the guy who wrote this book, his name was, he was more so referred to as Saul. And what he did is he went and hunted down Christians and pulled families apart and ripped people out of their homes, screaming and crying. And he okayed and participated in the murder of people who believed in Jesus Christ. If anybody in this world has a big brick, it's Paul. Yet because Paul has tasted of the grace of Jesus Christ, he says there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. I'm a free. And I'm writing these words to you as someone who is so messed up. Anybody in here gone and hunted down Christians lately? Anybody in here pulled families apart and out of their houses and torn them apart and killed them in front of their family? How could this man write these words? Because he experienced something real in this life. And his name is Jesus Christ. And when he came in, he was radically set free. And here's the deal. When you're radically set free, you can stop judging others. Because you know how incredibly blessed you are. Because Jesus saved you even when you didn't deserve it. Churches that judge the entire world don't understand grace. If all you want to do is judge everybody else because your life's been made right now, I don't know if you're understanding what happened. Because there's nothing that we did to deserve this. We were given it as a free gift that we received by faith. And so what does that lead to? God saved me. God rescued me. The penalty is gone in me. Well, how can I even judge this person? How can I even do that? They're just a recipient of grace just like I am. It doesn't mean everything that they do is okay. But man, some things change. Let me try to bring this home for so many of us. Because this might be your Christian walk right now. You might be living in a place where you are... You, yes, you've believed in Jesus. And, and anybody in here have that like elation when you first got saved that you were freed? I got saved later in life. So I have a lot of mess up, a lot of it. Before I became a Christian, some of you'd be like, you're a pastor now? Yeah, it's weird. It's the grace of God. I'm serious. You wouldn't know me or recognize me. I'm serious. And when you go into a new circumstance, that means you have to move from one place to the other. When Kelsey and I came down here to start Bedrock, we lived in Virginia. We grew up here, but we lived in Virginia. If you go to our house right now, there's a whole section of our closet that has winter clothes in it, meant for Virginia winters. There's pea coats and ski coats and ski boots and all kinds of things like that. And Kelsey and I, for some reason, when we changed circumstances, brought things in from the old place that don't belong in the new place. We brought weight and baggage into our life that we no longer are required to live with anymore. Why do I need a ski jacket in Sarasota, Florida? If I was literally to put that jacket on in the middle of winter, it would kill me. <laughs> right? Like, I have this really nice pea coat. I look Rico Suave in it. I look good in it. I feel good in it. It's made of wool. It's so hot. It's unbelievable. And in Chris is like, yeah, he knows. He's in Michigan, right? Oh, this thing is good. Oh, like, oh, man, I look like a sailor, right? Okay, so here's the deal. I put that on. Like, it was a cool day in Florida. And I was like, you know what? That peacoat's calling my name. Let me put that thing on. That's from the old life. You know what happened after about three minutes with that peacoat on? My whole body was sweating, right? I, it, was like a, it was like my death suit, okay? I was like, oh, this thing is heavy. It's cumbersome, and it's hot. This, I, it's not meant for this new place. How many of you are putting on old jackets and old weights from an old life that died a long time ago? New circumstance, new reality. 
Why did I want to put the jacket on? I wanted to reminisce. I wanted to remember what it felt like to wear that thing and feel good. I don't know what I'm going to do now. I love jackets. Kelsey will tell you. I love jackets. I like, will send her pictures of jackets. And I'm like, what do you think of this one? And she's like, what are you doing? This is, you're going to not even wear this once every five years. Like, what are you doing? It's time to let go. It's time to let go. You live in a new circumstance now. If you've believed in Jesus Christ, there's no more weight and penalty. So stop bringing things from the old life into the new life. It's done. It's over. You don't owe it anymore. Some of us in here moved from death to life, but we brought the hearse with us. Why? Because some of those old sins act like old friends. Let me explain it to you this way. Well, Paul begins to explain it to you this way. Paul, there's this old story that, that, that kind of goes like this, and it kind of illustrates our next point. Let me, let me read the text first, and then we'll go into it. Verse 12. Paul says this. New circumstance, new responsibilities. New circumstance, you're not moving back. Some of you are holding on to the old things because you think you might need them if you go back. You've been brought from death to life. There's no going back. You're not going back. Romans chapter 8, verse 12. So then, that's an important word, right? So then, so he's saying there's a result. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Let me put it this way. Some of you are paying an old part of your life that's dead. How many of us, if we were to walk through a cemetery and saw a guy with a, a wad full of 20s walking up to graves and putting $20 bills on the grave? You walked up to that guy. You said, hey, man, what you doing? He said, oh, I owe this guy money. Why are you paying something that's dead? Doesn't make sense, does it? Why are you paying things that died? Some of us are paying the flesh in our past, in our memories, in our guilt, in our shame, like we still owe it. Paul said, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You're paying ghosts. Let me just tell you, it's foolish. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to soothe your soul. You need to go to the one who can heal your soul. And so Paul begins to say this. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if we live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God or daughters of God. For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Dad, Father. Abba literally means dad. It's the most intimate term you can use to describe a father in this time in the world. Verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are his children, children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Let me put it this way. This is what Paul said. You're not going back. You're not going back. Jesus saved you. Jesus rescued you. You can't return the gift. We're not going back. So what he says is, you don't need that sin anymore. You don't need that shame anymore. You don't need that guilt anymore because we follow a new law, the law of life. Some of you are keeping those things around to keep you from doing bad things. But if you really focus on doing the right things, you won't do the wrong things. And so Paul begins to say this, you need to kill your sin. Some of us in this room are playing with the instruments meant to kill us. There's an old story. I don't know if it's real, but it goes like this. There's a lady. She had a snake. She had a boa constrictor. And she loved this thing. And it was weird. This, this snake would get in bed with her. I know that like grosses some of you out. Okay, it didn't gross her out. The snake would get in bed with her and, and lay next to her. And so it was time for the snake to go to its annual, you know, whatever, vet visit. So she brings the snake to the vet, and they're talking, 
And he's like, you know, how's it going? Blah, 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 blah. She's like, this is like the most affectionate snake ever. And he's like, what? And she's like, yeah, every night while I'm sleeping in bed, the snake crawls into my bed and it lays next to me. It stretches its body out next to my body and it lays next to me to get warm. And she's like, it's kind of like nice. It's like, you know, I feel secure. And the doctor said, we need to kill that snake immediately. And she's like, what do, you, what do you mean we need to kill the snake immediately? He said, he's not cuddling you. He's measuring you. And he's waiting till the day he's big enough to devour you. And so you're cuddling up to your demise. This is what Paul says sin does to us. Because sin will be comforting for a season, but in the end, it will crush you. And so what Paul says is, you have to kill your sin because it's killing you. There's this guy named John Owen. He wrote in the 17th century. He wrote this little, little book. Um, it's 86 pages called The Mortification of Sin. doesn't mean to embarrass it. You're not supposed to embarrass your sin. You're supposed to slay it. And so what it means is that what Owen says is you have to be killing your sin. This is what he literally said. This is a direct quote from the book on page six. This is what Owen says. Be killing sin or sin will be killing you. And that's exactly what Paul says in verse 13. By the spirit of God, you and I must be raging and waging war against our sin. Why? Because we don't cuddle with snakes or cuddle with lions. And some of us are cuddling with our sin. And Paul says, you don't owe it anymore. You're not a debtor to it. So it doesn't need to get in your bed. It doesn't need to be in your life because it died. There is no penalty. You don't owe it. There's no weight. So you don't need to give it anything anymore. But let me just say this, because this is how we get. We get super self-righteous sometimes. Notice that Paul said, kill your sin, not everyone else's. Kill your sin. Deal with your stuff. Deal with what's going on in your life and stop looking at everybody else's while you cuddle up to snakes. Paul says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ, so you are the recipient of an incredible grace, and that grace should lead to humility, so stop judging the world and trying to kill the world's sin. You deal with yours. You're like, I've never heard this before. Jesus says this, if you call out the speck in someone else's eye, you first need to take out the log in your own. Kill your sin. Don't worry about everybody else's. You deal with it. God is working with them. But you say in this room, so how do we do this? What, what sins do we need to kill? Pride, fear, anxiety, the love of man, the love of money, gossip, slander, comparison. What do you need to kill? Because it's killing you. Here's this guy named John Piper gave probably one of the best analogies of how to do this. And so here's what we'll say. How do you kill sin in your life? It's really simple. Ephesians 6, 17. You have to see and know the word of God. Ephesians 6, 17 talks about the armor of God in our life, which is, it is part of the armor, which is so much of it is meant to protect us. But the word of God is referred to as the sword, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And so what does that mean? Galatians chapter 6, verse 17, the, the word of God is like a sword. And what can a sword do? A sword can defend, but it can also attack. So how do you and I begin to kill sin? You not only defend against what it's telling you to do, you begin to attack it and remind it that you don't belong to it anymore. This is not me. That's not whose I am anymore. But what else do you need to do? Galatians 3, verse 5, here with faith. Paul literally says, hear the word of God, and through that, in hearing in faith, God will do a miracle. What miracle do you need in your life? Some of you, the miracle that you need right now is to believe that that thing that you've been serving for so long is actually gone. You don't need to worry about everybody else. You need to worry about you. You need to deal with you. 
And God, if he did it for them, he can do it for you. And then finally, what do you need to do? Speak the truth. Here's what I need everybody in here to, re to remember. All the promises of God are yours in Christ Jesus. So you're free. You're forgiven. You're healed. You'll be satisfied. You're loved. You're no longer condemned. You don't have to please man. You don't have anything left to prove. There's nothing that you need to do to earn this anymore. There's nothing that you need in this life to be better. Every promise given in the word of God is yours in Christ Jesus. So how does this work? Hebrews chapter 13 verses 5 to 6, 6 says this. And the band's going to come up as we get ready to close. Hebrews chapter 13 gives us an insight into how we do this. He specifically uses the love of money. Listen to what the Bible says, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You notice exactly what Paul did there? He sees the word of God, he hears it with faith, and then he speaks the truth over the lie. I will forever be secure in Jesus Christ. Jesus, I've seen the word. He will never leave me nor forsake me, that everything that I have and everything that I need will be taken care of. And so I don't have to serve you money. I don't have to sell my soul. I don't have to do anything because I believe in a God who will always be there and always provide. And so I don't need to bow down to this anymore. Because here's what we need to realize. You and I, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. And next week, we're going to finish the end of the chapter. And you need to come. Because at the end of Romans chapter 8, it says this. For there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Not a thing that can do it. So we're never going to go back. So you can let go of those things now. You're not going to need them. There's no pea coats. There's no snow coats in the place that we're going. Let it go. You don't owe it anything anywhere. Why? Because according to verse 15, you and I are adopted as sons and daughters of God. This word adoption during this time means this incredible thing happens to a person. When you are adopted into a new family during this time in the world, well, what would happen is, is if your family owed debts and then your parents died, you got the debt. You received the debt and you had to pay off their debt. In this time in the world, if you were adopted into a new family, no longer would the debt go with you. For what the law and what the people viewed it at as at the time is the old had died and there's a new person with a new name, with a new inheritance and a new calling. And everything that that new family has is theirs. This is exactly what Paul says when you and I die to sin. The old has died, the new has come, and we belong to a new family. And Paul tells us in this chapter, not only are we sons and daughters of the Most High God, but we are heirs. What does that mean? Recipients of the great kingdom. And everything that that great kingdom has to offer, we get. But let me just tell you something. You're going to have a hard time receiving what this new kingdom has while you're holding on to old weights. You've got to let go of some things in this world because you were never built to hold it. And it's stealing and robbing from you right now. And the only way is by faith to let go and believe that what God has for you is better than what the world has offered you. And so as we close and we are going to sing a song and we're going to worship God and we're going to just celebrate in this moment, what do you need to do? We've talked about this so much in this church. These red cards represent the breakthrough that we need, the thing that we need to get over, the thing that we need to move through, the thing that we, we need to do. Like last night, we sold our house this week. So my breakthrough was believing that, that it could actually happen. So we sold our house. So last night, I went over to that wall and I took out a red one and I put in a new blue breakthrough and I put our house. And then that old, that other red one sitting right by my nightstand right now. And I read it and I know exactly what that person is praying for, for breakthrough. And I begin to pray with them last night and this morning. And it's going to stay by my bed for the rest of the year. 
And so whoever that was, I'm praying for you. I'm praying with you. I'm believing for your breakthrough. God did it for me. He can do it for you. But maybe the breakthrough that you needed this morning was that old stuff that you've been struggling with and holding on to and dealing with and being laid down and the depression and the anger and the the anxiety and the fear and maybe even suicide. You've been dealing with that and you're just holding on to it and it's so hard and it's so heavy and it's all of these things and God says, just let it go. Just let it go in Jesus' name is the breakthrough is Jesus. He broke through your situation. Why? Because when you believe in him, there is no longer condemnation. You're free from the weight of all of this. And when you don't believe it, tell it the truth. And when you don't feel it, tell it the truth. And so this morning, I know we're over time, but this is too important. How do you need to respond? The Bible says that the way that you and I know that we have been saved is by the Holy Spirit who dwells us. That he confirms in us that we are sons and daughters of God. So let me just ask you, what is the Holy Spirit telling you right now? Are you a son or a daughter? Some of us are real good at playing church, but this isn't about playing church. This is about being kids who are adopted by the Father. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? If you know without a shadow of a doubt that you're sons, sons and daughters of God, why are you messing around with dead things? Why are you holding weights that you don't, that don't belong to you anymore? Stop picking them up. It's time to be free. You see why this is probably one of the most encouraging chapters in the entire Bible? It just says you're free. So I'm gonna pray and you respond as you need. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, just for a second, this is between you and God. If you're in this room and you say, you know what? I don't know if I'm a son or daughter. I don't know if I'm rescued. I don't know if I'm saved. This is hard. I don't know. I don't hear the Spirit speaking in my life. There's only one way to know, and that's to believe. And the Bible says that if we confess confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that we will be saved and there will be no more condemnation for you. But you have to accept what Jesus did. And the way that we do that is through repentance and belief. We turn from that old life and run towards him and we begin to follow after him. And so let me ask you, do you know today that you're a son and daughter? Maybe God's saying, no, you're not, but let's do it. I want to adopt you. I love you. Thank you for jumping into today's message, and we truly hope that you were encouraged. If you were encouraged, would you like and share this with someone that you truly love and care about? It may just be the thing that they need to get through this week. Also, let us know how the message impacted you, and please let us know any ways that we can be praying for you. But finally, I just wanted to take a minute to thank all of our supporters and those who give generously to make all that we have and do here at Bedrock happen. If you'd like to support us, you can do that really quickly by texting 84321 with any amount and setting up text to give, or you can give on our website. Thank you once again for all that you do, and we hope to see you soon.